Welcome to a night of total terror. To the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 14, 28 days later. Now, the Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly podcast, well, ish, and here we focus on horror, sci fi, and there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. Um, and like I said, right, well, just a couple of seconds ago, really, um, we will be looking at 28 Days Later. And now I'm going to be on my own for this episode, so it'll probably be a little bit shorter than the last sort of marathon that uh, you guys went through. But before I delve into any of the details of this fantastic film, let's check out the trailer. <laughs> Today in hospital, I wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected. Bottom. Infected with what? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's the blood. There's something in the blood. There's someone. You never go anywhere alone unless you've got no choice. Hello? Two. Only travel during daylight. Unless you've got no choice. See, this is a really shit idea. You know why? This is obviously a shit idea. We have to leave now. More will be coming. They always do. dead and you're gonna be next oh you know on this uh, show that i am a sucker for a good trailer and i do really really enjoy that trailer um i remember the first time i saw that um i was sat in a showcase cinema in nangaru just outside cardiff and uh, being completely blown away um, I can't believe that this film was released back in 2002. Um, it doesn't feel that long ago, does it? And, uh, of course, it was directed by Danny Boyle and written by Alex Garland. Um, it is 113 minutes long. It had a budget of, I think it was roughly, I've only got the American budget for it, which was about $8 million. So those of you who are whiz kids on their currency, you can do the do the math, as they say on that one. Um, it took in worldwide 82 million, 
um, which is a is a fair chunk of change for a very for for, for a low budget uh, British horror film. Um, and of course, it starred Killian Murphy, uh, Brendan Gleeson, uh, Naomi Harris, and of course, for those Doctor Who fans out there, Christopher Eccleston. So, what's the story behind this? Well, we have our character, our central character of Jim, who, waking from a coma, Jim discovers that uh, Britain has become a virus-ravaged land, overrun by the infected. Um, this is, of course, following um, some sort of uh, animal activists letting loose some rage-infected monkeys. <laughs> Which I've got to be honest, in terms of um, when you say it out loud, it doesn't really have much of an impact, does it? Rage infected monkeys. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be honest, it's one of the things that I do, it's one of the faults that I do have with the film. Um, but it works, it works really, really well. Um, I think it's just for the fact you get to say the word rage infected monkey, which is entertaining enough. It says a lot about me, really. <laughs> Now, 28 Days Later is a film that I can honestly say the first time that I saw it, I was totally terrified by this film. I remember sitting in the cinema and I was gripping the seats uh, for dear life. Um, I it, it terrified me. I don't know what it was, but it really, really did strike a chord with me. Um, in my very humble opinion... Um, I think it's helped to usher in the new phase, um, which we're coming. I think we're coming to the tail end of really, um, of the sort of the zombie sort of uh, resurgence, and uh, that has obviously led to the success of things like The Walking Dead and a sort of you know and and all things zombie related. Uh, but I think this is the film that was the sort of one of the key catalysts for that sort of that resurgence. Um, but also, um, I think it is a film that uh, it helped sort of reinvigorate, um, and some might even say uh, properly create um, the, the sort of a subgenre within the in the within the zombie sort of genre itself. That's a lot of genres in a, in a single sentence. But what we kind of commonly refer to now as the, the sort of infected um, genre. Um, and, and I mean, yes, there was in, there've been infected films before now. Things like you know, of course, Romero's own um, Crazies from nineteen seventy three um, is a great example of this, and you know, it's one of my personal favourites. I think it's a great film. Um, however, what Danny Boyle did here um, is he sort of tapped directly into something, um, whether that be that sort of that post sort of nine eleven anxieties and the sort of you know the the fear of like a SARS outbreak, um, you know, and the sort of, the sort of um, worldwide sort of real awakening to things like Ebola and those type of things, and taking that that idea of um, a disease that can quickly be spread. I think you tap directly into that, and you know, boils infected you know like i said the, you, you can see that they they have their basis in things like ebola and rabies um and the fact that only sort of a drop of their blood can infect you you know throw into that the fact that they can run um and don't get me wrong i love traditional um sort of slow moving zombies um however you know 
the fact that you do have these fast moving infected it, it brings a whole new um terrifying level um to the film the fact that you can't sort of you know when you look at romero's you think yeah possibly i could outrun them but when you see these guys um and the fact that they're so fast um you know that you haven't really got a you haven't got much chance of outrunning them um and it it, sort of, it does it really brings a sort of a whole new sort of um a whole new dimension to the genre you know but what's quite interesting is that throughout the film, nobody refers to them as zombies. And Boyle himself, whenever he was promoting the film, um, kind of stayed away from that because he was afraid of it sort of being sort of uh, labelled and sort of not being taken seriously. And uh, it, it sort of, um, it does sort of bring, it, it sort of does, that's why I do think it does sort of create its own sort of little subgenre that that infected um, sort of element to it. Um, but I think one of the things that Boyle does very, very well is that I think he makes a sort of, um, an interesting comment actually on society in general and where, particularly at the start of 2002, where society is going and where we are now, I think it's still very, very relevant. Um, it's that sort of idea that society seems to have gotten a whole lot angrier, um, and that people sort of go to emotions um are sort of is that sort of that 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 sort of rage um you know and he talked about this in several interviews actually well, again when he was promoting the film you know he talked about how he and Alex Garland um got the idea from incidents where they'd been seeing people just sort of explode you know those incidents of uh, road rage of you know um car rage of air rage um, trolley rage even so you know in a sense Boyle and Garland uh, present us with the notion that society emotionally um, you know our response to sort of certain to certain things in a model model sort of you know in a modern capitalist society is that of rage um, and that's quite that's quite clear um, and when you look at like how these sort of um, the infected uh, behave the noises that they make the jerking motions of the body you know the intensity and the ferocity in which they bring to chasing down their victims um it, it's it's a, it's fascinating to watch it's terrifying as well but absolutely fascinating you know and when you look at your facebook and when you look at youtube it's full of um video clips of people going complete you know going full berserker um for various various reasons but when you look at it it's all captured from a cctv point of view uh, it's all captured on phone so it's all captured digitally and it's got this grainy quality and that's what danny boyle has done here you know he shot the film all on digital and it brings this sort of almost sort of documentarian sort of approach to the film um he shot the film in order with the exception of a couple of pickups and reshoots that he did uh, had to do later on but the film was completely shot in order um and when you know that and you see how the film sort of progresses and you see the journey that the characters go through um and particularly jim uh, killian murphy's character when you see he, where he starts off and where he ends up uh, and again, when you look at Naomi uh, Harris's character, you look at uh, her journey 
um, and where she ends up. It, it, it's absolutely fascinating, you know. Like I said, this film was, you know, shot on digital and it gives it this grainy, real feel. And I mean, for me, when you look at the scenes um, when they're in London and London is empty and there is, you know, Jim's isolation, it sort of builds and then you throw in quite possibly one of the most um and i love it i you know i listen to it quite often actually i think it is one of the most evocative scores um by john murphy and you have in my very very humble opinion um, i think you do have a piece of cinema history here You also get, um, <laughs> for me, when and I, you know, I tweeted this earlier on, um, is one of my most favourite pieces of graffiti uh, of all time. Where it says, "The end is extremely fucking nigh," <laughs> and I think actually that's sort of uh, that kind of sums up the world. I think from a very British point of view. Um, it's very, and again, I think this film is has this sort of uh, the fall of civilization, um, or the fall of the UK, or the fall of or fall of Britain. Um, and I think the film is, you know, does have a very sort of British perspective in it in a number of ways. You know, the um, and the other thing the film sort of reminds me of, particularly those empty street scenes. It um, it does remind me a lot and takes me back to um, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Um, 
where you have Jim's isolation and solitude when he's walking through the streets of London, echoing that of H.G. Wells' central character, where he is going through the dead streets of London. Um, I think that, you know, those are, the, are, are when the film is at its most powerful. There are some brilliant, brilliant scenes in this film, and there are some magnificent performances in it. Um, I think our central characters in this film um, are excellent. Um, I'm a big fan of Killian Murphy. I think he is a tremendous actor, and I think anybody who's watched uh, Peaky Blinders or um, the Ken Loach film, The Wind Through the Barley, um, he's a superb, superb actor. Uh, And then you've got Brendan Gleeson, again, really, really believable actor who is, you know, playing the father, looking after his daughter. He's a really, really believable man. Um, And the scene where they are going through the tunnel uh, to get out to London, it is just, it's excruciating. The tension in that scene is fantastic, and it is a hallmark, actually, of how good a filmmaker Danny Boyle is, because that scene is claustrophobic, it is frantic, um, it is masterfully executed. I think it is a tremendous, tremendous scene. And he balances out the film um, with these brilliant moments. Um, you know, I think the um, the scene where Killian Murphy goes back to his parents' house um, and he finds them, uh, he finds that he's committed, they've, uh, spoilers here, guys, um, they've committed suicide on the bed. Um, it is a tremendously powerful, uh, powerful scene. Um, and his response in that moment is, is, well, is a fantastic piece of acting. Um, and it is, it's that sort of the marriage of excellent writing, excellent direction and excellent acting. Um, and this film is littered throughout with wonderful, wonderful moments like that. Now, one of the issues that I do have with the film, and for me, it's one of the one of the things that does let it down, is that the portrayal of um, certain characters in it, in particularly the um, the portrayal of uh, the soldiers, uh, their so called saviors. Um, and you know th- this characterization of the um, the armed forces, uh, basically, sort of within the space of twenty eight days, um, reverting to nothing more than an armed gang of sort of uh, <laughs> of rapists. I find that sort of um, I find that really really difficult to sort of to, to make it believable, um, particularly in a film that is very very believable um but i think it's more down to um the performances of the actors in the, in that scene i think they sort of um they they kind of revert to that sort of uh, caricature laddish um laddish sort of squaddy uh portrayal that you get to see in so in, in certain types of films um and i think gives the film it doesn't sit well with the realistic tone of the film um even though i think christopher eccleston's performance in the film is very very good um i think the the portrayal of those of those characters around him um it sort of 
it lets it down a little bit and it makes it a little bit jarring. Actually, when you've got you got Killian Murphy and giving uh, a very real performance, you know the the actors around him. Um, I think it's it, it's sort of <sighs> it's quite difficult to believe in them, um, but actually you can see why uh, Boyle has obviously sort of set this up because it does give the film this this absolutely fantastically. Um, um, <clears throat> fantastically sort of savage climax to the film where you've got Jim who is you know running you know he's, he's sort of he's single-handedly taken out um lots of these soldiers and he's butchered them really you know he, you know he's used his hands he's killed them with his bare hands and it's quite difficult to tell him apart from one of the infected at this point um you know so much so that you know when he comes to sort of rescuing um the people that he most cares about you know Selena Naomi Anish's character um, almost mistakes him for um, for one of the you know one of the infected and uh, almost takes him out. Now I think, and this is probably me, and this is probably me sort of uh, you know enjoying too much of a downer of an ending. Uh, but I think that would have been a brilliant ending to the film, wouldn't it? It would have been a, um, you know that it would have given it the the ending probably a little bit too much of a downer, but it would have given it some a real real sort of clout um i do have a bit of a problem with the sort of um with the ending to the film i do think it's a little bit sort of uh uh and they all live happily ever after i won't go into too many details because there may be some people out there who um have not yet seen it but again like i always say if you haven't seen it pause the show go watch it and then come back and tell me what you think but the um you know you get this brilliantly like i said fraud climax um and you can see the sort of the primal rage um of jim um but then again with the contrast of the very sort of lovely happy ending that we get i do think that's somewhat jarring um and it's something that i think along with those sort of the caricatures of the soldiers um and the laddish banter that you get with them um I think they are they they're the weakest elements of with of something that is you know like I said a piece of uh, uh, a piece of cinema history I think um, it is I think it's an important film in the in the horror genre um, but it's not without its flaws. So where do I come down in this film? Well, like I said, I think this is an important film within British horror. Um, I think it has so many strong um, elements to it. I think, you know, the performances of Kelly and Murphy, as I keep saying. Um, I think Danny Boyle, um, this is probably my, one of my favourite Danny Boyle films. Um, of course, everybody sort of, you know, I think my, my top three Danny Boyle films are Train Spot in Shallow Grave and 28 uh, Days Later. I think they're absolutely fantastic films. Um, the. Um, the score from John Murphy, I think, is absolutely exquisite. I think it, it, it it's just it, there is something about it that sort of, um, you know, it just creeps with it and it builds and it builds. Um, and it, I think it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, I think, um, like I said, I think the infected in this film are just terrifying. Um. I think, you know, uh, 
Brendan Gleeson's performance uh, in this film is absolutely superb. I think um, Naomi Harris is wonderful in it. Um, I think Christopher Eccleston works really, really hard um, in the parts that he's got. Um, but there are things that do let it down for me. Um, I do think that the the characterization of the soldiers and that sort of that that uh, laddish banter and everything else that comes across with it um, is it's the weaker element for it. Um, I do think the um, the ending for the film could have been stronger. Um, but like I said, I think this is such an important film, and this is a film of striking images of fantastic performances and a wonderful wonderful score um so i'm going to give this one a 8.5 out of 10 i think it is a must own um and it is a just just a brilliant 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 film so there you are 8.5 out of 10 and that was 28 days later now, up next, we have What the Wookiee Watched This Week segment. And uh, first up, we're going to be looking at Hush. So, Hush is a 2016 film directed by Mike Flanagan. It is written by Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. It also stars Kate Siegel and John Gallagher Jr., Michael Trucco and Samantha Sloyan. Sloyan? Sloyan? I'm going to say Sloyan. Um, Again, I'm having a bit of a nightmare. Going back a couple episodes, if anybody can remember. I couldn't remember how to pronounce somebody else's name, so please forgive me on this one. Um... And it's a story about a deaf writer 
living alone in an isolated area and she is stalked by a masked killer. Um, this is um, it's a fantastic premise. Um, it's got a great performance by uh, Kate Siegel. Um, the film has a real um, nasty edge about it. Um, however, the, the one thing that does sort of uh, let it down a little bit is the killer. Um, I thought he was really creepy and really, really effective um, until he takes off his mask. Um, and then he sort of, it, he isn't quite as sort of, um, quite as scary as he could be. But overall, I think this is a very, very sort of effective horror um, survival siege narrative type film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'd say it's a six out of ten. And I would say you, it's uh, I would say it's a high priority rental. You can um, it's available and you can stream it from Netflix here in the UK. So up next, we're going to take a little look at 2014's Cooties. Uh, it is directed by Jonathan Millett, Carrie Mernon. Uh, it is written by Lee Wannell and Ian Brennan. It stars Elijah Wood. Rain Wilson, Alison Pill, Jack McBrayer, Lee Wannell, and Nazim Pedrad. Um, so let's check out the trailer for Cooties. Sorry, didn't see that. Well, maybe you should take in your surroundings more. Yeah. You are so ugly. You look like you got chicken pox. If chicken pox is made out of hemorrhoids. You listening to me? What, are you sick or something? Oh, look! Carnage! You can't eat the teachers, man! Shelly has cooties. He's right. This is a foodborne virus. The chicken nuggets. Virus is only dangerous if you haven't gone through puberty. Are you kidding me? At three o'clock, the parents will come to pick up their kids. We can signal them for help. Hey! 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 That's Indiana. That's Ohio. That's an epidemic. Let's roll! Remember that suiting up montage in every action film? This is that scene. Are we ready? Ready. 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 I'm gay. Oh, I knew it. Broken I like that trailer. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what's the story? Well, quite simply, after a batch of infected chicken nuggets finds its way into the lunch canteen at a local school, the kids 
start eating the adults. Um, anybody who uh, works in education will sort of take uh, a, a smidgen of uh, of pleasure from this film uh, because there are some quite uh, recognisable characters in that. And uh, Elijah Wood plays a supply teacher or a substitute teacher uh, for our friends across the pond uh, really well because <laughs> we've all met those guys. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I like Cooties. I enjoyed this film. Um, but it does have the feel of a film that um, you know the writers have got together and you know they've got a number of really, really good ideas and they've thrown them onto the page and they've sort of not really thought about the the overall story and sustaining the story for the length of the film. Um, it's got some brilliant lines in it. Um, it's got some really good moments. However, it does feel like it's missing something. Um, and some of that is based around the character development. Um, I think that, you know, I think that's a little off. Um, you know, Rain Wilson is great in the film. Elijah Wood is very, very good in the film. But the sort of the supporting cast doesn't really get enough time, really. They get their moments and they get their little quirks and those type of things. But it just needs just just something a little bit more. Um, it's got some great gory moments. Uh, it's got some silly gory moments, more than sort of uh, your Fulci type, type gore. Um, but um, overall, I'd give this one um, a 4.5. Um, and I'd say it's a low priority rental. Next up, we're going back down under for Road. <laughs> I'm supposed to catch a boat cruise from here. So one of the rules of my tour is that you have only one chance to complain about the heat and the flies. I'm a travel writer for a magazine. How long are you out here anyway? Oh, just a few days. Alice Springs after this, then home. Where's that? Chicago. Yeah, saltwater crocodile. It's probably the most dangerous member of the crocodilian family. So they can swim underwater at up to 20 miles an hour without making a ripple on the surface. And they can burst out to attack with incredible speed. Don't worry, man, we're perfectly safe on this boat. They won't attack anything bigger than they are. How big is this boat? Big enough. This, this is a bloody tidal river. Well, that's how high the tide will be when it comes in. Everett! Everett! They're not going in the water. I am getting in the water. Neil. I'm going to swim across real quiet. It's an animal out there and it's, it's hunting us. Backyard. 
So Rogue uh, is a film from 2007. Uh, it was written and directed by Greg McLean. And it stars Michael Varden, uh, Raddy Mitchell and Sam Worthington. Um, I think this is such a good film. And I don't know how I missed this when it came out because I've only recently seen it. Um, it is a brilliant film. It's a story about uh, an American journalist uh, who's on assignment in Australia. Um, he's out in the outback and uh, he goes on this uh, little uh, sort of crocodile cruise type thing. Um, and he ends up, along with everybody else on his little boat, getting trapped on a small tiny island when a giant man-eating uh, crocodile takes exception to them being in its territory. And not, they, they soon realise that when they're on the island, the water is uh, slowly rising. This film is absolutely superb. Um, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I think the effects of the crocodile are really, really effective. Um, I think the performances in the film are really good. Um, the crocodile attacks are bone-crunchingly good. Um, and the tension throughout this film is maintained. Um, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, for me, this is... It went from being um, a high-priority rental to a must-own. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really, really, really worth uh, worth a look. So um, if you're like me and you're a big fan of films like Alligator uh, and Q, The Winged Serpent, um, you're going to love this one. Um so I would give, you know, I'm going to give this one a 7.5 um, and I'm going to say it's a must own. Okay, and that just about wraps up another show. Um, as always, I want to say thank you to everybody who has tweeted, retweeted, liked um, and interacted with me on uh, Twitter. Uh, if you haven't already, please go and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Um, please feel free to leave any comments. Um, as always, I've got a couple of shout-outs on the show. I want to say, first of all, I want a big shout-out to my man, uh, Blake, over at Spivey Point on Twitter. That's Blake at Spivey Point. Um, guys, he's always got something interesting up in there. Um, big John Carpenter fan. Always uh, always catching my eye with something. Uh, and just an all-round genuinely great bloke. Uh, also, I want a big shout out to CJ at uh, VHS Revival. Guys, if you're looking for a blog to read, um, get yourselves over to his blog. It's fantastic. It's well worth the time. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Jeff and Alistair at Cadavercast. Um, again, a brilliant father and son team. Um, and uh, Alistair always showing uh, how to re how, how a presenter should be on a podcast. Uh, unlike my uh, amateur efforts here. Um, also, I want a big shout out to my glamorous gothy gal pals, uh, CL Raven, over at, um, I think they're in Whitby at the moment, at the goth uh, weekend there. Hope it's all gone well, girls. Um, speak to you soon. Um, then I'll give a big shout out to Dave Becker, Dr. Shock himself, over at his DVD Infatuation. Uh, he's one of the co-hosts, of course, on the Horror Movie Podcast. It's a major, major influence on myself and the reason why I have my own podcast. Um, always, always, uh, um, always enjoy listening to him uh, on the, the Land of the Creeps podcast and, of course, the Horror Movie podcast. Um, uh, also want to give a big shout out to 
Josh Legary at Icarus Arts, who's another one of the co-hosts on the horror movie podcast. Uh, clever guy. Um, always look for, always interesting to see what uh, what he comes up with. Um, as always, I want to say a shout to Gregor Mortis uh, at the Land of the Creeps podcast. Um, and of course, he's got his uh, he's got his own crew over there with Doctor Dirty and Shani Dreadful and Jesse Robbins, and of course, I've already mentioned Doctor Shock. Um, and last but certainly not least, I want a big shout out to uh, Mr. C.T. Phipps. Um, currently plowing my way through uh, the Cthulhu um, Armageddon. Absolutely fantastic book. Absolutely loving it. Um, but also, um, really want to say. Um, Thank you for your uh, kind comments um, and the fact you're listening to the show. Really, really appreciate it. Um, as always, guys, I am uh, humbled by anybody who listens. So please subscribe. Please follow me on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook as well at the Undead Wookie. Um, and feel free to leave uh, to leave um, some feedback. So, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there.